What's up, everyone? This is your host, Monique, with Sprinkles in Your Day. And right now, this is a free master class I am doing called the Professional Secretary's Handbook. All right, so that's anyone who's interested in this type of career of being a secretary, uh, legal assistant, paralegal, receptionist, all of that falls into this category. So let's dive right in. And I'm fascinated about this because uh, I, my major is business administration and I've always have worked in the office setting. I've worked in a law firm and um, I'm just always fascinated um, with this type of career. So let's dive right in. So make sure you get your notes um, wherever you take in your notes. And let's go. All right, so some secretaries are specialists and concentrate largely on a particular function such as word processing. Others are generalists who do a little of everything in an office. The particular duties of a secretary must always be defined by the organization and the office in which he or she works. Nevertheless, the following are common duties and responsibilities. They place and answer and route telephone calls. They open, sort, and route incoming conventional and electronic mail. They answer and initiate conventional and electronic correspondence. They draft and edit letters and memos for executives. They transcribe dictated material, supervise assistants and other clerical personnel. Interview and train assistants and other personnel. Schedule appointments and handle follow-ups and reminders. They schedule and arrange meetings of all sizes. They attend meetings. They take and prepare minutes of meetings. They make travel arrangements and plan itineraries. They operate word processing equipment. They operate telecommunications equipment. They operate accounting, mailing, and other equipment. Purchase equipment and supplies, and they use word processing, spreadsheet, and other software programs, set up and maintain conventional and electric, electronic filing systems, and set up and use online databases, develop and manage special projects. They keep various books and records. They keep various and they set up and print out financial statements, conduct research, assist in report preparation. They make photocopies and arrange for outside printing. So, the job descriptions they have for entry-level positions, that is clerk, typist, and receptionist are entry-level positions in most companies because they require only basic communication skills and keyboarding. Often no substantive responsibilities are included in such positions. However, entry-level jobs are also considered the first step toward a secretarial career in business. 
Some secretaries begin their careers in secretarial pools. There they are, they start by handling a variety of clerical duties for executives who have no personal secretary. The range of duties and the challenge of preparing material for different executives usually proves to be excellent training for advancement. Secretary. So certain basic competencies are required for any position labeled secretarial. Computer literacy and typing speed and accuracy are a must, as well as a good command of English. The specific level of the position may be defined by the complexity of task the secretary must perform without supervision. Depending on the type of business, a secretary may be asked to transcribe or compose letters for the executive manage and access databases, operate fax and other machines, order office supplies, make travel arrangements, plan on and off site meetings. They write a company newsletter, screen callers and visitors, sort the executive's mail according to priority, and perhaps plan some of the company's recreational activities. Refer to the list at the beginning of this chapter for the common secretarial duties and some secretarial positions are specialized such as the positions of legal secretary and medical secretary although the required training for specialized positions is very specific many other positions rely just as much on experience in the field as they do on specialization such as the positions of personal secretary and advertising secretary some of these jobs require extensive experience in a particular field and the employers equate such experience with a certain number of years in a secretarial school or college for example a personal secretary should have prior experience with personal record keeping systems and should be able to work under rules of strict confidentiality. A marketing secretary should be familiar with different aspects of advertising production, copywriting and publicity and publicity. Good research skills are especially desirable and the ability to speak with many people on the telephone is an essential attribute. A sales secretary should be familiar with active lead follow-up and sales record keeping as well as with customer files and correspondence. The ability to perform basic business mathematical operations is also important. The sales secretary must interact with various members of the com- company's sales force in a positive, organized manner, planning sales meetings and covering for the executives when absent are important tasks. A publishing secretary should have an excellent command 
of the English language as well as some proofreading and copy editing experience for the paperwork load in such a position is often heavy. An advertising secretary should be able to work under intense pressure and meet close deadlines. Excellence in communication is essential for such a secretary is often called upon to assist in the preparation of ad copy or press releases. In addition, the ability to project a highly professional image through person-to-person contact and by way of manners and attire is requisite. As you can see from these few examples, each field of specialization focuses on and demands particularly abilities that can be honed and fine-tuned as you gain more and more experience in the workplace. Executive Secretary. The Executive Secretary position is a step up from a general secretarial position and usually involves a high degree of confidentiality and formality. Working for a high-level executive often involves scheduling meetings, taking minutes at board meetings, and transcribing them, doing public relations work, composing letters and instructions on your own initiative and performing many other tasks such as screening calls and visitors and reading and evaluating mail with little or no supervision. Interpersonal skills come into play in an executive secretarial position. Since it is highly visible and very political, you must be mature, honest, sophisticated, and diplomatic at all times. The administrative assistant role. Companies have different definitions of administrative assistant. In many cases, it refers to an administrative support job performed with little or no supervision, one that is a step higher than the executive secretary. For example, an executive administrative assistant may handle this this dissemination of contract information or work with the chief financial officer of a company in preparing corporate reports and this position usually involves supervision of others and may require a college degree. A secretary is often promoted to administrative assistance when an executive decides to delegate additional responsibilities requiring more intensive effort than a strictly executive secretarial position requires. Since companies differ in the definition of administrative support positions, you should clearly understand the job description and the opportunities for advancements in the particular organization offering such employment. Specialized positions. Specialized positions, particularly those in a technical field, require very specific skills and abilities 
This becomes clear when you examine the differences between the requirements for a medical secretary and a legal secretary. Medical secretary requires training in medical terminology, medical office ethics and practice, and medical typing and transcription procedures. The medical secretary is often required to manage an entire office, and the position also requires a good knowledge of accounting procedures, financial record keeping, and computerized data processing. The medical secretary must be able to understand and process many kinds of complex health insurance forms and must have excellent human relations skills. Legal secretary. The job opportunities for legal secretary includes private law offices, courts, and corporate law departments. The training is also highly specialized and requires knowledge of legal and court procedures and familiarity with a myriad of forms, legal documents, and software programs that are used to process these forms and documents. Often the legal secretary serves as office manager as well. Well, if a secretary wants to achieve a higher level of specialization in the legal field, then he or she may decide to become a paralegal aide, a position requiring further education. Career paths. When businesses were small and run by rule by rule of thumb, the secretary was usually a generalist an office manager, an administrator, an executive assistant, and a correspondence assistant. Promotion into management wasn't guaranteed, but it happened often enough to establish secretarial work. Today, when businesses are infinitely more complex and almost of necessity run by technical experts on productivity and scientific management, the security, the secretary is at crossroads. One might lead to repetitive work as a machine operator in a data or word processing. Another route might lead to a meaningful career in office management, information management, or some other professional information segment of the workforce. Education and training. Many secretarial jobs require a college background as well as technical skills. For that reason, continuing education is a must for the secretary aspiring to advance to a higher professional level. Some companies have made tuition assistance available for employers at the secretarial level to encourage career advancement. Office etiquette. 
So a certain protocol must be followed in a business office, even though some practices such as the use of first names may vary from one office to another. Basic courtesy should be integral part of your work habits. For example, if you share an open space with others, then care should be taken not to disturb your co-workers. If your company allows smoking and you smoke, use only the areas designated for smoking by your company. Some rules of etiquette are obvious to anyone qualified to assume an office position. You should not, for example, cough or sneeze without covering your mouth or nose, nor you should nor should you use crude language or attend to grooming at your desk. But other rules of etiquette may not be as obvious. For example, the rule concerning whose name you mentioned first in making an introduction. So, interaction with co-workers and visitors. Secretaries regularly have contacts with assistants, co-workers, executives, and visitors. The trend today is toward informality in the office among all personal, particularly in a small company. Nevertheless, secretaries should follow the established pattern in the offices and companies where they work and wait to be asked before addressing supervisors and executives by their first name. Even when an executive asks a secretary to use his or her first name in the office, the executive should be referred to with the title such as Mr. or Miss or Doctor. In the presence of visitors or on the telephone, maintaining the proper degree of formality or formality and respect with visitors does not mean adopting a stiff, cold tone. Not only is it possible to show respect and be friendly at the same time, but secretaries should aim to do no less. Whether you are talking on the telephone or greeting a visitor entering your office, the voice with a smile approach is mandatory. Visitors should never be ignored. If they have questions, be as helpful as possible, referring them to another office if appropriate. When they must wait to see an executive, offer them a chair and reading material. Um, Also, if they need to make a telephone call, direct them to a telephone where they will have some privacy if possible. So making introductions, inevitably, you will have to announce and introduce some visitors. Your office may have a specific procedure that you must follow. An executive may have an open door policy, for example, and may want you to tell all the visitors to go right in without asking for their names or the purpose of their visit. More likely, you will be expected to find out the person's names and reason for wanting to see an executive. Before sending someone into an executive's office, you may be expected to announce the person over the intercom or to step into the executive's office, present the visitor's business card, and receive instructions from the executive. 
Even with such a policy, however, there likely will be certain people, such as the president of the company, who should be told to go right in without the usual inquiries about the purpose of the visit. In some offices, you might be expected to make appointments for visitors before the executive will see them. And when you are in a position necessitating that a visitor be introduced, the rule is simple. Usually, you know, mention of the higher ranking person first. But if you are introducing a client, mention the client's first name first regardless of rank dr samuels this is miss baker from the word processing department mr brewster client this is dr samuels mrs nelson this is joel inman he has a question about the new chemical formula we released last week to introduce yourself to an unannounced visitor, mention both your name and your boss's name and ask if you can be of help. Good morning, I'm Carla Foster, Mr. McDermott's secretary. May I help you? Good afternoon, Miss Whitman. I'm David Eastman, Mr. Winslow's secretary. I'm afraid he just stepped out, but this, if there's anything I can help you with, If you and your visitor know each other, the introduction is obviously unnecessary, but it is always polite to ask if you can be of help. Good morning, Miss Anderson. What can we do for you today? Working with your boss. Successful secretaries know not only how to work for someone, but with someone. They understand the goals of their bosses or supervisors and the overall objectives of their companies. By exercising initiative, using common sense and accepting responsibility, they are able to work effectively as team players. As a secretary, your ability to accept responsibility and accountable for your tasks will be judged on a daily basis. If you are a constituous and well-organized, you should be able to perform those tasks efficiently. Your willingness to assume additional responsibility will also be looked upon as an asset when your boss or superior evaluates your performance. One way of increasing your worth is to assist your boss actively in managing the flow of projects in the office. To affect true executive secretarial teamwork, you should meet the executive at least once a day, preferably early in the day, to set priorities for the day's activities, including appointments, anticipated telephone calls, dictation, correspondence, keyboarding, and incoming and outgoing mail. Try to avoid crisis by knowing your executive's daily plans in advance. Then you can at least attempt to expedite the influx and outflow of people and paper. Be certain that the executive's appointment book and calendar entries match yours. Take the initiative to call expected visitors if you know that the executive is running behind schedule. Try to remember what took place that day. 
before consult your calendar or appointment book so that you can, if possible, anticipate tomorrow's events. If your boss travels a lot, then know where he or she can be reached at all times and find out what is required of you in your boss's absence. Getting along with your boss is essential. To a great extent, he or she will have a marked effect on your future. Many qualified secretaries have lost chances for advancement because of personality conflicts or other situations that resulted in poor recommendations. Learning to control your temper and emotions in business is therefore essential to your professional development. If you take criticism personally and harbor resentment about it, you probably will not be able to handle your job well. Learn to evaluate a situation before you take any oral or written action. Often, the criticism is warranted and is meant to help you to improve your work rather than to hurt your feelings. But sometimes you may have to work with an extremely difficult boss, even though you may make every effort to get along with that person, it just won't work. In such a case, you should ask your personal office for a transfer or look for another job. Trust is another factor in a successful relationship with your boss. Many executives are under a great deal of pressure and will use you as a sounding board for confidential matters, particularly if you display good judgment. Absolute loyalty to your boss is essential and can mean the difference between working with instead of for someone. If you are able to look upon your working relationship as a team effort, then you will be considered capable of assuming as much responsibility as your boss is willing to delegate. Working for one boss. Most secretaries work for just one boss or supervisor, but the job similarly may end there. A secretary's duties and relationship with an executive will depend on the type of activities handled by the executive and the type of person the executive is. An easygoing individual, a workaholic, someone who likes to delegate responsibility, someone who dislikes delegating work, and so on and so on. Regardless of any difference in personalities and duties from one office to another a few general guidelines apply in most cases use open and regular communication with your boss to contribute to a more successful and enjoyable relationship do everything possible to encourage a spirit of teamwork and cooperation respect your boss and show appreciation for the demands and pressures of the executive's position Support the executive's policies and practices in and out of the office, whether or not you have other preferences or opinions. Learn how to accept criticism and use it as a learning experience to improve your skills and abilities. Use tact and diplomacy in pointing out serious errors made by the executive Correct minor errors yourself without mentioning them. Do not let 
annoying personal traits and your boss weaken the relationship. You may have annoying habits as well, as we all do, right? Regularly demonstrate a willingness to learn and perform new and difficult tasks that will help your boss and increase your value to the executive. Working for more than one boss. A secretary who works for more than one boss has to be especially adaptable. The personalities and types of work may vary and the secretary will then need to make abrupt shifts during the day to adjust to each person's needs and workload. The same guidelines just listed for a secretary who works for only one boss apply here too with a few additional tips. Do not let any personal preferences for one executive or for one type of work over another show. Rather, treat everyone as part of the team pursuing the same overall objectives for the benefit of the company. Do not criticize or find fault with a more demanding executive. Adjust your own work habits to fit each situation and each person. If problems in scheduling occur, discuss them with each executive so that they can work out a priority schedule that is agreeable in everyone. Keep all of them informed about your workload so that they do not develop unreasonable expectations. Study time management guidelines and implement the suggestions that will help you handle unpredictable and at times complex schedule of work. Working with a satellite office, a secretary whose boss travels or is stationed in a remote location, such as another business office or home office, has to handle many functions in a different way. The executive is no longer immediately available to solve unexpected problems, meet visitors, sign letters, and do all of the other things an on-site executive normally does. Nevertheless, many of the guidelines described in this previous two sections not only apply but become more critical and a few new requirements come into play when an executive works by telecommuting. Be prepared to work independently without supervision most of the time. Be prepared to assume greater responsibility since you will have to take over some duties usually handled by an on-site executive. Develop clear guidelines with your boss concerning the limits of your authority. Develop clear guidelines with your boss concerning the proper procedures for handling specific tasks, such as who signs a letter dictated over the phone. Make a list of such duties and ask your boss to comment on each one. Make full use of email, fax machines, voice messaging, and other communication devices and processes to overcome the distance between you and the satellite office. Ask your boss whom you should contact in his or her absence in case of an emergency that arises that you can't handle. And this concludes part one of the Professional Secretary Masterclass.